The Rangers recall top prospect Brennan Othman to join the Blue Shirts for their Thursday night matchup with Connor Bedard and the Blackhawks. With the Rangers still dealing with some injury woes, they look for a spark from the soon-to-be 21-year-old that they hope will be a fixture on their squad for years to come. On this episode of the podcast, Brian Boyle, Molly Walker, and myself discuss what to watch for with the Rangers' newest young gun, an injury update from a player who's been out since November, what Chris Jury needs to address before the trade deadline, and Brian talks about his experience covering the Winter Classic out in Seattle. Oh, there's so much to talk about, so much more to get into. It's coming up next on this episode of Up in the Blue Seats from the New York Post, and it starts right now. Ladies and gentlemen, we ask that you direct your attention to Center Ice for a special presentation. Welcome back to the Up in the Blue Seats podcast. Happy 2024. This is the last day, at least I'm declaring it the last day. You can say Happy New Year to someone. So Happy New Year. Uh, also, Happy Brennan Othman Day. It's a big day here in the podcast, and we're going to get right into it right now. Uh, obviously, got to welcome in the New York Post Rangers beat writer, Miss Molly Walker. Always good to see you, as well as former Ranger great Brian Boyle. And no other people I'd rather spend Brennan Othman Day with than these two folks. And uh, we'll hop in. The news obviously came out yesterday. Uh, Brennan Othman was being recalled for Tyler Pitlick, who had a lower body injury. And um, we're going to see him make his debut tonight. Obviously, one of the more highly touted Rangers prospects. And... Um, He's going to go up against another highly touted prospect player in the game right now, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, but let's go off the top here. Molly, your reaction to the Rangers recalling uh, one of their most important young guns in their system right now? I'd argue that he's probably the most important one that they've got in the system right now. Um, but my first thought was Tyler Pitlick week to week. That means that this Othman call up is probably not going to be a short stint, which is Really interesting because I was kind of surprised to see it just because this is supposed to be Othman's first pro season and first season with the Wolfpack. Um, obviously, the Rangers have gotten a lot of flack for how they've handled prospects in the pl- in the past and things like that. So I kind of always expected Othman to get a full season and or get a bit of the coolie treatment that he, that he got last year and get that four game cameo or, you know, just a bit of a sneak peek to see where he's at and, you know, how he could handle the NHL game. Um, But I also think it's interesting because I feel like Edstrom did pretty well in in the one game that he got and, and showed some promise. And I found it interesting that they turned to Othman. I know that it's the, the injuries are different, but you could always move Goudreau to the wing um, and get Edstrom back in there for another game on the third line uh, next to Cooley and, and Brodzinski, a bit of a, of a wolf pack line there, which I thought was pretty good in, in the one game that they had. Um, so I, I just thought that they would have wanted another look at Edstrom and to just continue letting Othman marinate in the AHL, which, you know, tends to be the safer route to go, but you know, who knows? I know that he's on a nine game scoreless streak in the AHL too, which uh, Larry pointed out in his article. So it is, it is an interesting move, but I mean, I guess, you know, they want to see what he can do now. So he's, he's going to get his chance now. Well, just his numbers 
with the Wolfpack so far. 28 games, 9 goals, 14 assists, 23 points. So, you know, like you mentioned, or Larry mentioned as well too, the 9-game scoreless streak, most of his stats came, I guess, from earlier in the season. Uh, Brian, in terms of a young player like this, he's turning 21 tomorrow. Um, So, as Jake, our producer, mentioned earlier in the show, hopefully he scores a goal tonight and he can go out and celebrate with his first legal drink. is there a lot of, I mean, there's always going to be pressure, I'm sure. But I mean, considering the way Rangers coming off of a rough game last a uh, couple of days ago against the Hurricanes, is there pressure on his end to kind of step in line and produce? Or who's there to kind of like reel him back if that's the case? It really depends on how he's used. It really depends on what Lavi's going to tell him. Look, there's pressure on everyone. There's pressure on every guy on the Wolfpack right now. They want to get out of there and get up, get their call as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it, that's the mentality of a professional athlete, to be honest with you. You have to put that pressure on yourself from a young age, learn to live with it. So when the pressure comes, you've already demanded so much of yourself. So I think it's impressive that, you know, he's over a point a game and then he goes on an absolute, you know, cold streak, but he's over a point a game prior to that as a first year pro in the American league. That's really hard to do. Scoring, scoring in the AHL is believe it or not, can be really, really hard. Sometimes I had a, I had a pretty successful first year, and then my second year when I was supposed to make it and stay up with the Kings, you know, I was up and down a lot, played 40 games, only had 10 goals. It was like a grind to get any points. But I think my overall play was better. But that happens in the American League. So looking at his points, you know, there's a reason they called him up. I wouldn't focus too much on that. Uh, but here's the thing. Like, his coach left midway through the season or early in the season to go coach Edmonton. Mm-hmm. It's his first year pro. His coach leaves. He's got a new coach. Different things happen, and now he's on this little bit of a cold streak. So, like, why not bring him up if he's playing well enough and he's going to be a part of the future? It might be for a short term. It might be for a long term. You never really know. So, just if I'm a fan, I'm excited to see what he can do. And if he is amazing and has a great game, that's a lot of fun. That's cool. Edstrom kind of did the same. I thought he was excellent. And if he doesn't, it's like, well, he's not, you know, he's just turned 21. It's his first year pro. You know, that was his taste. He knows what to expect next time. I, I think it's all positives right now. And I think, you know, Chris Drury's in charge. He has a plan. There's nothing panicked about this. He's just going to call up who he thinks is ready if he earns a call. That's the other thing. You want your prospects that, in your mind, you think have a chance to get called up to always get a taste so they don't get checked out. You know, you, you think, okay, you, you shouldn't get checked out anyways, but you need to understand the psyche of everybody and, you throw them a carrot once in a while, even if it's for a short period of time, they go back down, they know what to expect next time. That's prospect development, in my opinion. Mm. So I, I like the move. I, I understand why it's not the same guy it was last time. You mix it up a little bit. You don't necessarily need, when everyone's healthy, you don't really necessarily need them. You prepare for an injury in the playoffs and these guys are ready. They've been here before. Sort of those are the, the different things I think about. So I'm not trying to speak for anybody, but that's that's why I like bringing up different guys, especially if they're not, like fully cooked and ready to be a, a contributor, or if you're not sure if they're if they're ready to be a contributor for the rest of the season. Yeah, they've actually had. Now that you mention it, and Larry and I have talked about this, they've they've called up a lot of different guys this season. Even mm-hmm. even if they didn't even make it into a game, but they've called up. They've kind of spread the wealth a little bit. They've kind of given every top guy and a lot of the guys that they brought in in the off season too just like a a quick hot sec up in new york uh, one practice and and something almost tells me that 
Laviolette also kind of wants to take a yeah, peek for sure. as well that he just kind of strikes me as that kind of coach. Like, yeah, I'll just take a look at him. You know, just bring, bring him up. I'll just take a gander. Yeah, um, two hours yeah. away, like, or yeah, why not? We, we why didn't not? forget about you type thing. Like, yeah, we're watching you. Even Robertson who, you know, is, you know, there's a genuine possibility that they don't bring him back if he doesn't, you know, start yeah. being a little bit more of a contributor down there and just in general to the organization. He even got, you know, a practice day up. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Brian's standpoint, is there a specific line you'd like to see a young player like this play on? Um, you know, obviously there's there's different talk in terms of where he can slide into just because of the injury aspects of things. But um, is this someone that you'd rather get him reps with some vets? Would you rather him take it easy on the bottom? Like, where do you see him sliding in possibly? Well, I mean, yeah, I'd want to play with vets if, <laughs> if you know, and, you know, they'll, they'll take care of you. They'll talk to you each shift. You can talk to it, even if it's a vet, you can talk to him and understand he wants what's best for the line. You know, he can't bench you. What he's telling you is trying to help him and you. That's, but, you know, they might be a bit, of, you know, the bottom six might be in a bit of a blender. Like they want to change something. Last last game didn't go so well. So we'll see. Um, hopefully, you know, there's not a ton of penalties. He can get into a rhythm. It's really hard to not play a lot in the first period. And you kind of, your brain can take over a little bit and psych you out if you're just sitting there worried about making a mistake and you only have three shifts if you can get into the flow of the game you might make some you might make some small mistakes you might have moments where you could have done something better but you're right back out the next shift so but i just think they have so many weapons that it it will probably be spoon fed a little bit it will be hopefully protected not a ton of d zone stars but who knows maybe they want to see what he can do on that end of the ring because they have so much firepower on the top six Baptism by fire sounds like almost like. <laughs> well, show me what you got. Let's go. Yeah, Torch Torch would do that a little bit, and yeah, I mean, you get called up sometimes. I mean, we called up Haglin and Mitchell the same day, and it was me and them two because I was playing like trash. And Torch like, here, you guys figure it out, and we ended up figuring it out. It was a fun line. So that's on you. It, 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 so I and I'm I'm trying to look at it through the eyes of a vet here. So now you're playing with a player who has no NHL, you know, very little to none NHL experience. And now it's kind of you're mentoring him like on the ice as the game is going on. You're like, you're trying to guide him through. Like that's, that has to be tough. I'd imagine though, especially well, I mean, like you don't have that chemistry just yet. Cause obviously chemistry builds up over time with young players. Yeah. yeah. And you want to read off him. If, if, if I'm a center, you know, I understand that if anything goes South, it's probably on me, even if it's not my fault, that's the way I approached it. You mm-hmm. just have to make sure that you're defending. Okay. We'll go from there. Now what? You go zone to zone, you get it in. You, this is what this is what makes our line successful in the past. This is what we want you to do. This is where we need you to go, and it's pretty basic stuff. And the systems are, you know, similar within the organization, if not the exact same, within the organization from the NHL, the American League. And you just say, "This is what we've done here," and you you double check with the player. This is what, this is how you guys forecheck, or this is how you guys penalty kill, or whatever you're doing. You go over it. Yeah, that's how we do it. Okay, so you don't have to talk about that. You get that stuff out of the way, it's probably two minutes. You tell your teammate that just got called up, hey, you've played thousands of these in your life. So go play a hockey game. Yeah, it's just another don't worry, one. Don't worry about anything else. Enjoy it. And I'll take care of you on the backside. And go, don't be afraid to make a mistake. I'll cover you. That was the way I approached it. That was the way it was approached to me when I got called up. Although I came in in the first TV timeout because my driver got lost. So I didn't have time to get worried. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, it was oh, great. Yeah. 
That's that's what Laviolette was saying about when Edstrom, because Edstrom was such a last minute decision that he didn't even get his rookie lap. And Laviolette was like, "I didn't get a warm up. I missed the anthem." Yeah, Yeah. that's that's really funny, Brian. I didn't know that. Um, But yeah, Laviolette was saying, "Goal and assist." Sometimes. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, come on. Uh, Started hot. Please cooled off considerably after that. Uh, You know, listen, you got to start somewhere. But it's true when you have so much time to think about it. I imagine that it's just detrimental, but you just get thrown in there feet first. That's just go go ahead. I had chicken McNuggets as my pregame meal. Breakfast or or pregame meal, a champion right there. Seriously, that that really is that. That just made me like you so much more, Brian. Honestly, I was like, I'm starving. I got to get something. But wait, are you are you a McNuggets? Honey mustard or 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 buffalo sauce or just yeah. Just plain. I'm gonna like, need like the full order. What, what are you dipping the nuggets into? We got to know this now. Dip them in my mouth, buddy. We're, we're going dry, <laughs> dry yeah. guy. Dry. Honestly, I'm not a sauce gal either. Really? Like, oh come on. Yeah, they're good as is. They are good as is. I'm, I'm not gonna deny that. <laughs> they're perfect sprite, as is. Couple of fries. Little sprite. sprite. <laughs> that really is a pregame Brian, meal of champions. Did, did you get the kids meal? I mean, you can tell us if you got a kids meal with a toy too. It's fine. Don't worry. No, ten piece, bud. <laughs> 10 yeah. piece. No, that's a man. Them. That's a man's meal. No, no, no. Man's meal. A 10, 10, 245 10 pounds, bro. I gotta get the food in. <laughs> At least you didn't opt for the 20 piece. So, you know, you were, you were. Six you nuggets. Know, not gonna I wanted in. to, but I was so nervous. I was going to puke it all up. <laughs> oh, God. Guy drives like an animal. <laughs> not on. Well, listen, someone else who might be nervous tonight. And, you know, we're, we're talking about Brendan Hoffman, but there is another big time player who's going to be stepping on the guard nice for the first time tonight. And that's Connor Bedard. Um, you know, 18 years old. He's, he's, Pretty much lived up to the hype. At least I think he's lived up to the hype that we've heard about in the offseason. 37 games, 15 goals, 18 assists. It feels like he's always on ESPN, you know, top 10 plays, making it Highlight ridiculous. Reels. It's, he's been nuts. Um, and, you know, this is where when I saw the often news yesterday, I was like, it, does Bedard playing there kind of take a little bit of the spotlight off of Othman? Where it's like, you know, the mainstream media, everybody's going to be watching Connor. But Ranger fans, you're playing a home game. This is where it's kind of like if they played it on the road, it probably wouldn't be as big of a deal. But, you know, every time Othman touches the puck tonight, they're going to be watching him and try to keep an eye. An eye. Um, but seeing what Connor's done this year, uh, it, it, it's going to present a challenge for the Rangers, I'd imagine, a little bit, right? That's Yeah, he's a weapon. He's an offensive threat. And he could do it on his own. He can make it play. and So you don't want to be exposed, even if you're winning the game. Like, you don't want to be on the ice. You don't want to be on the highlights. And so that's that's why what he's doing and how he's progressed with his goal scoring, especially, is is impressive. He's doing it in different ways. For for, for what he's understood and learned and matured on, on ways to be creative and productive at a young age is impressive. Really, really impressive to me. But having said that, with Othman, like he doesn't care. He thinks everyone's watching him. That's that's the mentality I had. You can't screw up. Your eyes are on you. You want to make a good impression. He's not worried about Connor Bedard. He's and, thinking about Rangers Brass, is who he's. Thinking yeah, about. absolutely. And you know his parents, his family, everybody, everybody that helped him get there. He wants to do well for them. So that's it's cool that he gets to play against Bedard in his first game because you know hopefully Bedard goes on and has a Hall of Fame career, and that would be a great story. But mm. hopefully he goes on and has a great career as well. Oh. That was my first game, and this is what happened. I want Good, bad or ugly. I want a rookie rookie duel tonight. Give me <laughs> give me Bedard goal. Give me Othman goal. It would just be the most beautiful story <laughs> to ever write. <laughs> the most beautiful game story. 
it could be one of those long-term stories where it's like, you know, you look back 10, 15 years from now and Brennan Hoffman is, you know, one of the Ranger uh, greats and Connor Bedard is on his way to Hockey Hall of Fame. And well, that's the thing. I think I they got to be, I think they got to be in the same division for that to happen. Yeah. I mean, I also feel like, I mean, I don't know about, about you guys, but I haven't seen a rookie consistently make the highlight reels the way that Bedard has in, I think ever since I started watching hockey. I mean, he like, what? it's wait, it, what do you mean? Like, I haven't like, I haven't you didn't seen watch rookie, Connor. No, I'm saying I haven't, I'm saying no, no, I, I did, but I'm saying like, I broke guess his, maybe, I broke his shoulder, I guess. So that, so that was cut <laughs> short, but he was going oh. 300 miles an hour. That's why you broke his collarbone. He fell oh yeah. Ball. That's, that's your reasoning. I was like, this guy's too fast. But that guy was electric too. But this guy is. You're right. I mean, yeah. He's... Since since McDavid, I mean, I I wasn't watching as like religiously when McDavid was a rookie, okay. so that's why. But yeah, I just feel like Bedard has real like what it what a skill it is to to live up to the hype. That I feel like that oh. just rare rarely ever happens. It, it rarely ever happens, and he truly has. So I think it's going to be electric at the Garden tonight just to have that guy on the ice in general but yeah i don't think it takes away uh from either of them i don't really think it's that much of a prominent storyline did i just like really age myself am i like no it's me no it's me hockey nerd where i'm like no it's me i'm thinking of all these names and then thank god i only said connor because i was thinking a lot of others and then i'm like well i was kind of young when they broke in yeah it's 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 a me thing not you (laughs) the only other person who who who, like i've i've kind of compared it to in, in my mind would be crosby and like the attention that Sydney got, I remember because I, I specifically remember the buildup that Sydney got when he was coming to the league. And it's like, this is going to be the next guy. And, um, you know, we've seen his career and what it's developed into. And he has become the guy. So it's, it's kind of I, I'm, I'm always skeptical whenever you see prospects and, you know, you're always wondering if they do fully develop into, you know, the big time player. And um, obviously, Connor's only 37 games in, but. It, it's, it's exciting to see because he'll be the face of the league probably uh, for the next 10 to 15 years, especially playing in a big market like Chicago. It's not like he's playing, you know, in Canada. I, I think the fact that if you have a player playing in, in Canada who's a face of the league, it's tough to market in America, at least. Whereas if you have a guy mm-hmm. in Chicago, big market, and they've won recently uh, enough that, you know, he's the guy. But um, it'll be exciting to see. It's always fun to see young kids, young phenoms play well, at the Garden. Real quick. Yeah. He, he still has the most watched game. It was that first game against Sid. And another, you know, the geography of it matters too. You know, Edmonton is in Alberta. Colorado's obviously in that Rocky Mountain region as well. You see McKinnon play. If anyone gets a chance to watch this guy play, he looks different. Like to the casual fan, you're going to watch these guys play. They look different. But Bedard does too at 18 years old. I think that's probably what Molly was saying. Like, yeah. the, plus, this is his first year. Plenty of guys had that first year. Stamkos, you know, had a so so first year. And then took off after that, but he was playing down in Florida. There was a lot of hype around him. There was a lot of hype around Tavares. You know, they were good. They were really good. Great players. You know, Stammer's a Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah. But this is like, yeah. Everyone, everyone tuned in game one, yeah. opening night. And, and at 18, yeah. you know, like oh, yeah. a true, a true, authentic first round, like fresh out of, you know, it's just, yeah. it, it's crazy. Fresh out of prom. Yeah, actually, fresh, <laughs> fresh out of prom, fresh out of prom. God, oh it's, it's it's crazy because we're talking about a kid fresh out of prom. We're talking about Bernard Hoffman, who's not yet 21, who's going to get his first legal drink later tonight. And, it's <laughs> Well, and also something that we were talking about 
you know, before we started recording, when you think about it, this is an 18 year old in the most tremendous spotlight that that anybody could ever imagine. And he's still able to deliver on a nightly basis. That's also a really impressive layer to me, too. Like he's I feel like there's been a, a bit of discourse um, about how much attention he's gotten and how much media attention it does feel like the Chicago media people talk to him every day. It does feel like that, which, you know, as someone that's in there, that's in the locker room, I'm conscientious of who I'm talking to every day just to spread the wealth a little bit and not really, you know, pound one guy all the time, but it feels like Bedard talks every day. And that's a lot. That's a lot on the psyche. And, And for him to be able to, you know, put that on the back burner and still go out every night and, make these highlight real plays is, is pretty impressive for an 18 year old. As he walks out his door, he's on. And that's something that I'm sure someone's told him. That's something Bobby Orr used to say. As soon as I walk out the door, I have to be on. And everybody's got eyes on you, especially now with everyone's phones out. And I'm so impressed by, I mean, if he doesn't score another goal this year, I'm, I'm impressed with how the kids handle himself. Right. He's been good, and I'll never forget before the season started, he was on the Pat McAfee show, which anyone mm-hmm. who, who watches Pat McAfee or doesn't, even, doesn't watch Pat McAfee, it's it's mainly football, mainly college stuff. It's Very hilarious. rarely, that, that's all it is. And he introduced a segment called Hockey is Awesome. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fun segment to watch. He, he, he kind of pushes the game of hockey a little bit. But the fact that uh, he had Connor Bedard on in his in, in his car as he's being driven by his father. It's just he, he looks like a good kid. And I'm probably going to regret saying this later down the line. Especially <laughs> if he becomes a Ranger killer. But he looks like a good kid. And, you know, as someone who's probably going to be a face of the league or one of the faces of the league, it's important to have someone who can handle that. And it seems like he's being groomed at an early age to be able to handle that. So we'll see how he handles the big stage of the garden tonight. Well, we still have plenty to discuss. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the Hurricanes loss, unfortunately. We're going to talk about Adam Fox, trade deadline stuff. And we're going to hear from Brian about uh, his New Year's Day Winter Classic experience. All that more coming up next. There are no holidays in pro spots. Back on the Up in the Blue Seats podcast. And as we're recording this, it is Thursday. Uh, we have some notes from Skate that's happening today. And uh, Molly's going to break everything down, including an update from someone we haven't seen since November. What's up, Molly? Yeah, word is Capo Caco is on the ice with the Rangers for the Boom. first time. <laughs> he's yes. been He's been skating by himself, but this is the first time that we've seen him on the ice with the team. He's wearing a red non-contact jersey. Uh, big news, big news. Obviously, that injury on November 27th against Buffalo looks season ending. That's how bad it was. He got his legs swept out from underneath him in a collision along the boards and just bent his knee in such an awkward, very visibly uncomfortable way. And it it looked it looked season ending. But, you know, the initial prognosis was not season ending. Uh, he avoided the worst, apparently, and he's back with the Rangers already. And I that's that's kind of crazy. I didn't expect it to be as quickly as it was, but but big positive news for Capo Caco. And again, it makes it a little bit more scary that Filipino, who was injured almost a month prior, is still not with the Rangers. So I think that just kind of tells you all you need to know about that situation. But yeah, Capo Caco. On pace to return to the lineup, I guess, relatively soon. So another step, another step. Yeah. 
So yeah. So yeah, he's that he's, did look ugly. I was there at that game. Yeah. That was uh, gross, Ugh. contorted, really bad. Not you know? good. But Not good hey, at all. Athletes uh, these days and how they can recover, what they, how they prepare. Those injuries are less severe. So that's good news. Really good news. I, I was really really high on him this year, and pucks weren't going in the net. But I like I liked what he was doing throughout the course of a game. That's a big. That's bigger than. If he can come back and play well, I don't even care about goals. Mm. That's he's a hard hard guy to play against. He yeah, as I say, defensively, big and strong. Yeah, makes their team better for sure. That's yeah, what Rangers, Rangers definitely need that for sure. And and he's been skating by himself, right? He's been skating alone. Mm-hmm. Oh. Molly, what's what? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what <laughs> Brian's uh, visceral man. reaction. You don't you, you don't seem to be a fan of skating alone, do you, Brian? No, you want to go out and have fun with your buddies and snapping around. <laughs> I, listen, I've done it more than anyone. Maybe not more than anyone, because I was pretty lucky to not be injured that much. But I did it when I was my first sign with the Devils. They wouldn't let me on the ice with anyone because I got sick. And then they said my spleen was big. I was lo- I was losing it, screaming at <laughs> trainers. <laughs> like, just let me wear a different jersey. They wouldn't let me on the ice. So I skate by myself for like 30 minutes and 45, then an hour. And I just built it up. And you have no idea how slow time goes by when you're bag skating by yourself uh, an hour and 40 minutes trying uh, to step into a season where you didn't have a training camp. Then, then I didn't play for a year for up until like March, I skated by myself <laughs> at a rink in Foxborough, which I love, but it's not like a national league rink training, working out by myself. Everyone left, went to camp playing games and watching the games. Couldn't get a contract skating by myself. It's no fun. It's no fun, but it's better than, I don't know. A lot of other things. It's better than know. not being on the ice. Yeah, not being on the yeah. ice at all. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the alternate, I guess. But no, it doesn't sound like an enjoyable time. It's rubbish. Well, it's definitely encouraging that Kako's back. We got anything? Uh, what about Brandon Hoffman? We were just talked about him. Do we have any idea what lines he's playing with? He's practicing. What's he doing? Yeah. So Tyler Pitlick is out week to week. We mentioned that earlier in the show. So with in his absence, the bottom six is looking like Cooley on the left, Gaudreau in the middle, VC on the right. And then Othman on the left, Benino in the middle, Brodzinski on the right. So I really don't. I mean, there's that's that's fine. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it's, it? Uh, it's your yeah. evaluation. <laughs> wherever, you know, wherever. But that, you know, I just that's good. He's in a spot where he's got some vets that'll help him out. Got some speed on the right. Really, really, really smart, responsible centerman. Uh, so that's yeah, good for him. I'm excited to see it. You like yeah. to see a. Uh, uh, a head coach, you know, know where to put a young player like that and how to slide him in. And hopefully it works out well. We'll see. We'll have to watch the game tonight. And I'm sure we'll discuss it on next week's episode. Benino is such a takey under mm. his wing kind of guy. So yeah, that's think that I think that'll be good. He has a sous chef now. There you go. That's exactly it. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So thanks for the notes there. We'll we'll definitely keep an eye on anything else. If anything else pops up, we'll uh, hop back in. Um, Want to quickly get into the Hurricanes game. Um, obviously not an ideal way to open up the 2024 year, uh, taking the six to one loss. And of course, just like I preached on the show in the past, Brady Shea, former Ranger, three assists, Jack Jury, you know, nephew of Chris Jury has a goal. It's just, you know, former Rangers and Ranger connections just doing the Rangers in. What can I tell you? Uh, but it's going back again. They're consistently playing down early. Um, that game that started off, I, I believe it was Lafreniere who took a penalty. And 30 seconds in. 30 seconds in. I'm like, this is how you want to start off 2024. Yeah. Um, 
and they lost to the Panthers similar fashion as well, too. They went down early as well. Um, they're playing with fire here, Brian. Is is, is this something that, that they can at least try to contain these these kind of like like early mundane, you know, going down and having to dig out of these deficits like that? Yeah, well, you, I mean, you have to start on time, but they're the team to beat, right? Or they were. Now Boston might have got ahead of them. By a point, yeah. 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 But it's, it, man, it, it is a, uh, it's not an easy thing to do it start to finish. You saw the Bruins do it. You saw kind of Florida did it a little bit the year before, but it's really not that easy. So you have to have certain challenges that come with being the top dog. And they've had injuries. Obviously, they've had other challenges. They lost, you know, Adam Fox for a while, but they kind of plugged along. They lost sort of Igor's confidence for a little while, and Johnny Quick was amazing. Um, so now they're, you know, they're not really starting on time. You go to Carolina, who was trying to figure it out. You know, they play a certain way to a T. They weren't getting saves. They weren't where they are in the, you know, they're they're almost desperate at this point. Carolina is. So you try to tell yourself and understand that. But when it, when your motivation is, we're already up here, we want to play well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or your motivation is like, we better get going or we're out of the playoffs. It's it's a it's a different intensity level. So that's just my opinion on They'll, I think they'll figure it out. They just need to match everyone else's intensity level. I also feel like the Canes were just caning. Like they yeah. were, they were peak Canes. They have to though. That night. Like that was, that was the Canes at their best, I feel. And the Rangers were far from their best. So that's just the natural, I guess, results that were going to come out of that. But my biggest takeaway from that game is at least if you look at the, body of work for the Rangers this season. When they lose, they lose bad. They, they, <laughs> they, they do. It's true. They don't just lose. They get trounced sometimes. Yeah. Like the the scoreboard ends up and I know that a lot of the losses that they've had yeah. that have been empty net abated as uh Larry likes to write in his stories. And that's, you know, I acknowledge that, but it's still you know, a goal that counts against and, you know, counts towards all the averages and everything. So it's still, it still counts. So, I mean, they've had, I I have to, I wrote about it in my, that game story, but they've had, I think of their 10 regulation losses, seven have been by three or more. And I think five have been by four plus. That's a lot. It just, because how little they've lost that's why it's a little glaring. They but didn't have it. Yeah, no. <laughs> but then they find ways to win when they do have it. Yes, yes, yes. It's it's a it's an okay balance. It's totally fine, especially with where they're at in the season. But I definitely think that that's been a bit of a trend for them. When they lose, they lose pretty badly, and it unravels very, very quickly for them. Which I think is something that they need to also figure out is how to stop the bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> really badly. Have we seen like a outshot 50 to 17, 6 1 drumming? No, that's the thing. They have, ha- like, in uh, in some of those games, they've outshot. I think they outshot it. Carolina, to be yeah. honest with you. No, I, yeah. don't, I don't put a lot of stock into them outshooting Carolina, Carolina, but it was, you know, it was close going into the third. So it's, it's not like they're getting absolutely railroaded here. It's not, they're going to lose some games, but that was, uh, also, like Chatfield's goal, he just kind of like ripped it in the net. Those things, those things happen. You want to, you know, you still have opportunities. If you have just nothing and you're getting worked and you haven't played like four and six nights or something, then it's like, what just happened and what's going on? But it's, you know, there's games where you're not connecting, power plays off a little. 
Yeah, I think special teams was big. Yeah, that's those in that game at least. They've been so good on special teams, and you know when it's not there, their five on five issues get exposed. Obviously. Well, yeah, I mean that's most teams' lifeblood. That separates you. Be good enough, be stingy enough, get a few goals five on five with your top six, and then if your special teams are great. You're going to get a lot of points. Now, you want to improve five on five because I think power plays, you can't, I don't think you can rely on a power play. Like, you don't want to lean on that as your, you know, ace up your sleeve in the playoffs. Like, you want it to be working and it's important to have a good power play and and turn into goals in the playoffs. But sometimes it doesn't. You're playing against good teams, good penalty kills, and good goalies. You need to play well five on five. I think that's where the Rangers are at right now, though. I think they are. I think their power play, and it, this is mm-hmm. not a this is not a new thing. The power play has been a driving force of their yeah. offense for a few seasons now because it's one of the best power play units in the league. But I'm in agreement, you, especially in the playoffs, power play can't be your X factor, which I feel like it is for the Rangers. It's, it's true, and as Larry noted, and Larry's not here with us today on the podcast, but uh, we have a Larry Nugget where the Rangers are now. Uh, five and for on on five and five even strength. Uh, their differential is now negative one. So, okay, can I ask a question? Does that include the empty net goals against? It does not. No, for sure not. I'm I'm fairly certain from what Larry stated. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll pull up the article. Yeah, read read the graph. I'm sure it says. I, <laughs> because I mean that's that's an issue right there. And like you said, you cannot rely on you know strictly power play you can't it's just it's not no, gonna no, happen. Yeah. It, it, it's 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 not gonna work uh from larry uh since 19 blah, 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 oh that's even it? crazy since uh, well 19- yeah yeah that's yeah. not 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 usually how you want to start this is seattle <laughs> metropolitans won the Stanley yes. cup <laughs> <laughs> only one team yeah no um they are looking at um <laughs> yeah no doesn't include the empty nets so which is not great. Like that's that's not you know. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm, Especially I'm what is it? Them. Six six <laughs> empty nets. I think they've they've given up. I think he has it written there somewhere. Yeah. I think that's what it says. Six empty netters, which is also a lot. You which know. is a, right. But it's interesting because again, as Larry noted, since the league expanded to uh, twelve teams in the sixties, uh, only one team has ever won uh, the cup with having a negative uh, five on five goal differential, which was, was the, the Kings, the 2011, 2012 Kings. Yeah. One team. <laughs> Good pull. One team since Bob Dylan. <laughs> it's Bob Dylan. That's a way to look at it. Yeah. Um, so it's something that, that Kings team was unique because they were awful or not awful, but they were in like 10th place. They fired yeah. a coach and then they decided they were good and they railroaded. <laughs> they decided everybody. they were good. They lost like four games that playoff. Yeah, they were insane. <laughs> had to change some things up. But I do think that that also speaks to a point uh, where I kind of wanted to guide next into is the trade deadline and what Chris Jury needs to do, because uh, trade deadline is March oh, 8th man. and we're, we're we're two months away, essentially. And, you know, I, I, I know we've kind of spoken about it a few times on the podcast as is, but like it's it's coming up. And there's a few things that the Rangers need to address and um, getting guys back healthy first is important. Like we heard about the Kako update. Um, but there's certain guys that haven't really been playing up to their potential, like Adam Fox, since he's returned, he hasn't looked great. Um, where do you want Chris Jury to go here? Um, you know, he's strapped by the cap, obviously. Uh, but where do you want him to go? And where do you think he can go um, in the next couple of months here to kind of improve this team and take him into that next level for a cup run? I feel like it's a lot of it depends on Heedle. A lot of it depends on his status. 
um, where he's at, because that's also going to determine how much money the Rangers have at the trade deadline. So if he is still an LTIR and at that point, there's no signs of him coming back until the playoffs, then the Rangers can go ahead and, and partake in his cap hit. Um, and then they'll definitely, they'll probably want to get another center, I feel, at that point um, for the bottom six, probably. So that's probably the number one thing that I'm waiting to see how it unfolds. And, and that'll probably determine a lot of how jury moves through the market um, because a, a center would be the top priority if if it is clear that Filipino wouldn't be available until the playoffs or maybe not at all, which is an unfortunate possibility that the Rangers are facing. Um, and then otherwise, just like the past two to three trade deadlines, the right wing is is, is the is the other focus. Um, <laughs> that is uh, something that the Rangers have been doing every single year <laughs> for the last few years is they've needed help on the right side, um, which also circles back. Sankos only on a one year deal. Yeah. yeah, but, mm. you know, we talked about this, though, and Larry had a really great point. Are are they going to want to run it back? Do they want to run good. it back? Of course he was good. It's Vladimir Tarasenko. <laughs> and I he's thought... A, he's a refrigerator. Uh, he's unbelievable. He's a great player. He's, he's a, a barrel. Like he's, he's a shooter. They need so that. Thick. But do they want to run it back? Why wouldn't you? Because look what happened. <laughs> well, he's... What do you mean? He was great. No, he was great, but the Rangers did not you think get it's past like bad the first juju? round. No, I, I don't know if I, I'm not saying bad juju. All the other guys that are on the team were on that no, team. <laughs> I'm not saying bad juju. I'm just saying, do they really want to run it back again with yeah, the so I, guy? I, I agree. Well, yeah, I would. If they retain salary and you had yeah. that money, maybe a center. If you can find a center that's capable of driving some offense. To replace Hedo, that's a great point. Obviously, that's a hole. But I mean, you found him in Vincent Trocheck, mm. and now you need. So the priority's down. The price should be down, right? Because of how well Troch has played. I mean, I don't know if Philly would ever do it, but that Sealer would be a great ad. Mm. Nick Sealer, just mm-hmm. a, just a punisher. Like <laughs> I just look at who won, and how they won, and they need that in the cup in the cup finals and. That is a, uh, I mean, that is what you need. The yeah. Vegas had redwood trees. They had four lines that played north, south, in your face, hard nose. And I know how the Rangers are built. Their top six aren't necessarily like that. But at all defensively, if you can't get near the net, it's it just messes with your mind. Because you'd look at, I'd watch these Vegas games, and I know they're human, but they look superhuman. Nothing was getting near. And then when it did, Hill was amazing. But yeah. You have you have the ingredients. You add. You'd see would be. I don't doubt Philly would trade him to New York, but it's like, or if they'll trade him at all. I'm not trying to throw rumors out there, but that's the type of guy. Like I'd always loved Luke Shen. It's mm-hmm. just so brutal to play against. You can try yeah. to get more than that. It's it's really a it's really a priority, I think, too. Otherwise, other than other than yeah, maybe another guy down the middle. But it's center defense, and then you go for your wingers. Priorities yeah. are priorities. Hmm. Yeah, they definitely need some some tenacity, some some more bite. I'm with you on that. Ha- I think they have. They have. They just than, need more. Yeah, yeah, but I think when the playoffs will bring that out of them too. Yeah. But again, so like like Florida, they played that way all year, and that's what they did and got them through the playoffs. And eventually they all had to go 
get surgery because they were just mad. I was about to say they were falling apart by the so end. So big, big players that are not trying to bring it out of guys that it's not comes natural to really guys that do it naturally. I think they'll hold up better because they've done it their whole lives. Yeah. Interesting to see. We have time. Rangers need to obviously make some moves here. Uh, before we get out of here and close the show out, Brian, you spent New Year's uh, Day uh, in Seattle. And last episode, we spoke about the 2012 Winter Classic. I'm curious how the 2024 edition treated you. What was that experience like? It looked beautiful on TV. That that stadium looks awesome. I can only imagine being there. It was it was really cool. It was I was so thankful to the NHL Network for letting me tag along and join in. And I'll say this: it's not easy when you're uh, trying to be a dad and get through the holidays and <laughs> 4 a.m. wake up for a 6 a.m. flight out there right to the field to do some work. Do you guys see me with the Trident? They did a commercial and I had a Trident. <laughs> Dude, I was going to ask you about that actually too. The, the drone camera, that was an awesome yeah, that was shot, sick. man. So that dude driving around the drone, that whoever did that was like, it was sick. But we're watching and I'm walking around like, all right, what am I supposed to do? He's like, we have a couple interviews. It's like, I'd like to say hi to Maddie Beneers. It's from my hometown. And this thing's just flying around. And like two or three times, I'm like, <laughs> who's flying this thing? I was clocked me in the head. And like it happened on the ice too. I guess one of the one of the D-men was in a drill and he like ducked, like, what the hell was that? That was a bird. <laughs> Anyways, they hand me this trident, which is uh like 85 pounds. I was like, let's just try it. Damn. Well, yeah, that's what they hand out. Like, hey, Hartsy baseball guy, right? That's what they hand out when they, when they hit dangers right. in yes, Seattle. That's right, yeah. So I'm holding this thing. And they're like, you know, here's your line. And I'm like, okay. Here's your line. I have a line? They're like, yeah. It's like the, the stadium's amazing. The crowd's going to be electric. I was like, oh, boom, done. And I had to wait like a half hour. He's like, you know, less than five minutes. 30 minutes go by. And he's like, less than two. I'm like, so what does that mean? Like 25 minutes? And the guy's like, I'm sorry. It's not my fault. I'm like, I'm just kidding around here. Yeah, just messing. Just messing. <laughs> so at that point, I'm like, I'm just leaning into this. So I screamed it. And no one's really paying attention because... Like the drones making noise. He's like, all right, you got to do that again. Exactly the same without the drone noise. So now it's like quiet all around me. I scream it again. All the fans are like looking back at me like, what the hell's the matter with this guy? Holding a trident. Yeah. With the trident, no less. <laughs> but then the next just... day, the next day we got up early and, and, you know, the pregame was great. We had a lot of fun. By the time postgame rolled around, I couldn't talk. I was so tired. Oh my God. And then I think I gave my marbles in my mouth went over to Jameson because then I, I screwed up Jameson Coyle too. He could, we were just it was a long day. We're watching the game. We're just kind of sitting there freezing. Oh. And uh but whatever. Then I red eyed home and then I got home at eight, eight thirty. Listen, real quick, if you're a flight attendant and you're working a red eye, please don't talk for four straight hours about your dogs. Oh. Because everyone's trying to sleep and no one gives a shit about your dogs. Tell me how you really feel, Brian. I couldn't <laughs> That was I'm just a little her. PSA from Brian Boyle. <laughs> yeah, just use some common sense. <laughs> have some common courtesy. Brutal. I probably would have said something. Especially a New Year's Day or yeah. day afternoon. Like, like, you know, people are flying. It's, it's a red eye. You don't want to deal with that. It was brutal. But the day itself was awesome. And the game, I mean, give credit to Seattle. See, that's what I'm talking about with Carolina and the Rangers. Like, Seattle and Vegas, same thing. Mm. They were like, they came out like a house on fire. Yeah. They they were at home in front of their, their people. And it's always cool. I don't care if people get sick of it. It's always awesome. If you go, it's the best.
I mean, I don't know how how people do get sick of it, especially the, the NHL does a great job of changing it up. It's not like the Super Bowl where it's usually in the same three, four stadiums, you know, Miami, you know, California. It's I, I love seeing, you know, it in different environments and especially for two young, younger teams, um, younger league wide teams in terms of when they've came in um, for the Kraken fans to come out like that, pack that stadium. It looked awesome. Molly, I know you're pumped for the stadium series as am yeah. I. Um, that'll be exciting. And uh, we'll have they announced our- jerseys yet for those? They haven't. No, they yeah. got to get those out there so people can buy them. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. Cause that's, is that, this month or is that next month? That's that's February, right? I believe February. February. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Those those should be dropping soon, which I'm sure we'll have some hot takes on those. My sweaters. kid's gonna want one. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what they look like. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll break them all down for you. All right, we're out of time here. Let's uh, we're going to close the show out next. We got our three stars, and uh, we'll talk to you then. Spicy pork and broccoli on the menu tonight. Yeah. And that'll put a bow on episode 139 of Up in the Blue Seats, our Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Before we close it out, we got to dish out some stars. Uh, last week, we went Molly first. So, Brian, you get to go first this week. Who's your number one star? Oh, yeah. Uh, Asia. Uh, yeah. Mika. I'm going to give it to Mika. 10-game heater. Thank you, Molly, for that. I didn't know how many games it was. 10-game heater. It's now over. But after not a great start, he hung in. He's done a lot of things right. Uh, highlighted him last week as well. We talked about him. He's just, he's their do-everything guy. There would be a big hole without him. And I just think he's going to fire it back up. I love what he's done. I love what he's said. Easy guy to root for. Give it to Mika. I like it. Molly, number two star. I know the Carolina game wasn't the best for him or the team in general, but I'm going to go with Igor Shesterkin. He, even though he lost... The Carolina game, he was 5-0 and before that after an 0-3 stretch. So got to tip your cap to Igor for getting back on track there. Little bump on the road, but it's fine. He'll be good. Uh, my number three star is going to go to the Crydesdale. Chris Kreider, 166th goal at MSG, which includes the season and playoffs, which surpasses the great Roger Bear for most all time in MSG. Anytime you're on a list with Roger Bear, you know you're doing something right. Um, and as I've often said, I believe you will see the number 20 hanging in the rafters of oh, yeah. MSG mm-hmm. uh, soon. No, I mean, hopefully not soon, but you'll see it in the future. Someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in May. You know, we'll do a Chris Kreider tribute. Uh, so congrats you better to invite him. me to that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll be invited. <laughs> Would you be like the guy on the ice where they're giving out speeches and stuff like that, or or would you just kind of sit there and like in the? I, I think you'd have. To, I think you also. There's like criteria involved. Where you like? I think you'd have to be like a really good player to be able to go on. The ice. You don't. You don't feel like you fit that that bill. I don't, I don't know. I was a really player. I played. <laughs> you were a really player? <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't miss a lot of games. Ryan, I think you're selling yourself yeah. the word. It depends. I was, I was also there. I was, I was also on the ice. <laughs> I See, those kind of ceremonies, I always think it's like whoever gets the big applause. Like, you're not going to introduce someone who, you know, played... 30 minutes with a guy but like you you, you played I a think, bit yeah and, and you get a huge applause from the yeah, garden crowd if you like definitely thanks guys i needed that today there you go There's- <laughs> i was gonna say that was that was a nice little little hype talk you got your hype man over here <laughs> ready. thank you after your rough just, flight home from Seattle, we have to. Uh, well, then I get home and just constantly just taking it from all angles. <laughs> Where you been? I miss Cal's birthday. I miss my two-year-old's birthday. Aww. He, uh, so 
I hope he made, an he made it up for him. Yeah. An Elmo balloon. Oh. And uh, he lost it. It went all the way up to the like, top of... So he took a hockey tape on a stick, and flipped it over, and yes. stuck it, brought it down. It was like I gave... He kept singing happy birthday after I gave it to him. Thought it was his birthday again. Two days Dad later. of the year. Dad of the year. Doesn't take a lot to to uh, uh, you know, make it up to a two-year-old for missing his birthday. Nice. Look at us, bud. We're back. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Not me. All right. Well, great job, guys. As always, uh, we're going to thank Jake Brown for helping produce the show. You can catch up on all episodes of the podcast by subscribing to Up in the Blue Seats on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. If you're watching right now on the New York Post Sports YouTube page, give us a thumbs up, like below, comment below, yada, yada, yada. We went through resolutions last year. How about um, what do you want to see out of Brennan Hoffman? What are you expecting? How long do you think he's going to be here for? Do you think he's going to score tonight? That'd be exciting. We'll see let us know your comments below you can also follow us on twitter uh or x uh at molly no. walker that's two twitter. two r's uh brian browse 22 and myself andrew hearts without the e brian boyle molly walker i'm andrew hearts thanks for listening as always we'll talk to you next week happy brand nothing day later and no one gives a shit about your dogs <laughs>